Amen. Thank you, Brother Charlie. So we'll be in the book of James again tonight. We're in James chapter 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Uh, greeting on down here in verse um, 18. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of uh, first fruits of his creatures. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. And, and I thank you that we do have the sweet by and by to look, to look forward to. Uh, God, this earth has been cursed because of sin, and yet you have given us the, the wonderful grace and glory of being able to have your spirit dwell in us, uh, and that you would walk with us day by day, step by step uh, through this, this life, and, and dear God, that uh, we can even now live this life uh, for, for eternal rewards and for eternal reasons and purposes. And God, we do thank you and praise you, for we know that's been made possible for us through our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so, Father, I pray that uh, Christ would be exalted tonight, and, and Lord, that we would uh, just again be reminded and refreshed to see how blessed we are to be under this new covenant, uh, to be uh, in this liberty where, where, where Christ hath made us free. And Father, I do thank you for that. And and I just pray, uh, Lord, for your filling, uh, dear God, to, uh, uh, to, to preach and teach your word. Thank you for uh, those in the nursery watching the children fill with thy spirit, dear God. Thank you for the services this morning as the word went out. And dear Lord, I thank you for the work of your spirit. And, and God, we thank you for the promise of your coming. And, uh, and I pray that you would ready our hearts, that we would be laboring and praying and and yielding to you that you might uh, preserve us, our blameless soul, spirit, soul, and body, dear God, and help us in that. And, and Father, help us, just, help us just to be careful to thank and praise you. And we do ask these things in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, we began this morning looking in James at the, at the perfect law of liberty. All right, and uh, James uh, uh, writes about that, uh, and uh, verse 25, whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, uh, this man shall be blessed uh, in, his, in his deed. And so, uh, looking into the perfect law of, of, of liberty. And we saw this morning that as we, as we do that, we're going to need to see uh, the new Christ. Uh, we're going to need to see, uh, be looking at Christ as he is now. He's the exalted Christ. He is the Son of God, uh, exalted. And he's coming back for us, amen. And uh, we're going to uh, go to heaven and, and, uh, and we'll have the judgment seat of Christ. We'll uh, return to the earth and we'll exercise uh, our, uh, our, our service with him during the millennium. And a lot of that, will, that service will be affected by what we've done here and will likely be part of the rewards and such that we receive. And, 
the things that he assigns us and all that. Either way, we're going to be uh, filled with his glory, amen, and it's going to be a, a wonderful time. So we are blessed uh, to consider, uh, in a sense, the new Christ. Uh, he's, he's not the meek Nazarene uh, of any, any, any longer. He is in a glorified body, uh, and uh, they're not going to hurt that body, okay? And uh, nothing they can do to harm that body anymore or ever again. And uh, one of these days, you, you and I are going to have a body like that uh, because he did that for us. And so we can thank the Lord and praise and, and praise him for that. And, and moving on to some other things that we'll look at. And uh, we uh, kind of did through point number one here. And we'll, uh, oops, I'm getting ahead of myself. Brother Dennis had it all set up for me, I think, there already. So we're going to look at a new, a new covenant, uh, the new covenant under this uh, perfect law of liberty, verse 18, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. And of course, James is obviously alluding there to the new birth. Uh, it's interesting to me uh, that uh, uh, James writing probably before the Apostle Paul and Peter writing probably after the Apostle Paul, how, how we find the same doctrines, but in the vocabulary of the different authors, worded in a little different way. And you find the same doctrines of grace taught and such, and the things that God has wrought for us in the New Covenant, uh, taught both in the writings of James and in the writings of Peter. And uh, it's amazing how, how the, the teachings are so, so parallel. And uh, we should be a kind of first fruits. Uh, never before had, uh, b had God's earthly beings uh, been indwelt by his... Uh, indwelling, never leaving Holy Spirit, okay? And so uh, the Old Testament uh, uh, saints, they had his spirit working in them. The Bible says about the Old Testament prophets, the spirit of Christ which was in them, the Bible says. Uh, but the, the Bible also says that, that, uh, that, God, uh, uh, that God took his spirit away from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord. In other words, he had to go to the Lord for provision first. An evil spirit from the Lord came uh, upon, upon Saul. So David prayed, uh, having seen that, take not thy Holy Spirit from me, he prayed in the, in the Psalms. So, so the Old Testament saints didn't have that promise that, that the spirit would, uh, would, would leave from inside them. Uh, and uh, we have that today. By the way, it's one of the better promises. Hebrews talks about how much better the new covenant is. And so now we have, we are, in that sense, we are kind of first fruits. Uh, and uh, this church age, now we have God, we have the exalted Christ, we have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God dwelling in us uh, to help us live this Christian life, the new covenant. And, uh, and uh, thank, thank God for that. And, and so we are to, uh, of course, to love one another. James 2.8 says, if you fulfill the royal law, uh, uh, well, getting, getting back to the board again, he says, of his own will, begetting us with the word of truth. That's going to make you think of John 3, 3. Uh, Jesus answers Nicodemus, says, Very, very, I say unto thee, except a man, what? Be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Talking about the believing of the word and then being sealed by the spirit is that, is that new birth there. And so he goes on in James 2, 8. If, if, you, if you fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. And, uh, and so we are to uh, proceed to live for God. Uh, in uh, verse 11, uh, we read, uh, in, or rather verse 12 of, of James 2, So speak ye, and so do ye, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. So here we have James in James chapter uh, 
2 and verse 12, again mentioning this law of liberty. Uh, in Christ we have liberty. Uh, he has given us liberty. Uh, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, what? There is liberty, true freedom. Freedom from sin to serve the Lord. That's true freedom. And, uh, and so we see that. Uh, the, he says, so speak ye and so do ye, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Our judgment, now that we're born again, is different than what was coming toward us before we were born again. God has a dis different judgment for his people, those that are born again, and, and, and a separate judgment for the world. Okay, And we'll look at that here in just a moment. So speak ye and so do ye, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. We will be judged by the law of liberty. Matter of fact, I believe we are being, we are being judged by the law of law liberty, of the law, by the law of liberty right now. Uh, the world is going to face a future judgment, and it won't be by the law of liberty. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be by, by, by the law of their own, of their own pride. And uh, they rejected the gospel uh, and, and, and thought somehow uh, they'd be okay without, without uh, the sacrifice of Christ. They'd be okay without his forgiveness. They're going to find they were terribly wrong. Okay, and they'll, and they'll be judged. Uh, they'll, they will be judged for that. But looking at that, uh, being judged by the law of liberty, and he says, verse 13, For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Let's talk about this a little bit. Through the new covenant, the believer is saved from eternal judgment. Uh, we've studied that much. Uh, but because he is a child of God, he is sanctified through temporal or earthly judgments. We're, we're being set apart in our practical living. God is making us uh, more practically holy, more practically righteous in our living by temporal judgments, temporal chastisements, temporal trials, whatever it might be, that he brings upon this earth, that we might be compelled to draw closer to him. Remember, he's working inside of us to what? Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so that's what he's working out. And he's working that out through temporal judgments that he brings, uh, that he brings upon us uh, 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 while we're on this earth. And uh, we have become heirs of the... Of, 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 of the, the sure mercies of David. Uh, we understand that uh, when uh, God first mentions the new covenant, he mentions it in the book of Jeremiah. And the new covenant is mentioned to, that it's going to be given to Israel. And it refers to Israel as the nation, those that will be saved uh, just before they go into the millennium, okay? Now, you say, well, how do we get it? We got in to make Israel jealous, <laughs> Uh, God, God, God didn't tell Israel, uh, make it clear that there was some foreshadowings of that, about the Gentiles glorifying his name and all that. But what God did was, since Israel rejected their Messiah, God let you and I in on the new covenant. <laughs> and, and, and we are enjoying those covenant blessings of, of the indwelling spirit, of the spirit writ, of, of, the word of the word of God written in our hearts. We're enjoying all those things. The God originally just said that's coming for Israel right before the millennium. But since they rejected me, watch what I'm going to do to make them jealous. I'm going to, I'm going to bring Jew and, Jew and Gentiles together, by the way, which the Bible says was a mystery in the Old Testament. They didn't know about it. They didn't understand that all. And, uh, and, and, and he reveals that now. He brings Jew and Gentile together, all, all nations together in the church to glorify his name. 
and uh, that's how he's working uh, now. But he said we'd have the sure mercies of David as a part of that covenant. What is that talking about? Well, in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 12, we'd read some about that, and, and uh, we'll also see it in Acts chapter 13. But 2 Samuel 7, 12, God says, And when the days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, speaking to David, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house from my name. Of course, he's talking about Solomon, but he's also, in a sense, foreshadowing Christ. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Notice he didn't, hear, he, he didn't say he'd establish the king forever, because the king he's talking about there is Solomon, okay? But I will establish what? The throne of his kingdom forever. When Jesus Christ comes back, he's going to sit on that throne uh, of David, ruling from Jerusalem. Uh, but uh, he goes on, he says, uh, I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, he should be my son. If he commit iniquity, here's the mercies, sure mercies of David. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. Temporal chastisements. But my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. That was an Old Testament promise. You say, I don't know, preacher, was, was Solomon saved after he went through all that? Absolutely. God promised David, if he sins against me, I'm going to give him a whooping. And by the way, he did. You, if you don't think Solomon knew misery, read the book of Ecclesiastes, okay? If you, if you don't think he learned some things the hard way, read the book of Ecclesiastes, all right? And, uh, and look at the end of his life, too. He had some hard times. God chastened him severely while he was here. He didn't find the peace he was looking for in so many other things. But he says, uh, But my mercy shall not depart away from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I, whom I put away before thee. And then in Psalm 89, the psalmist also writes about the, the, these mercies of David. And the psalmist writes, I have found David my servant, uh, with, uh, with my, my holy oil have I anointed him. Psalm 89, 29. His seed also will I, will I make to endure forever. And of course, that seed speaks first and foremost of Christ. And then it speaks of uh, the seed of Christ. That would be anyone who believes in Christ, okay? Uh, his seed also will I, endure, will I make to endure forever, and his throne as the days of heaven. If his children forsake my law and walk not in my judgments, if they break my statutes and keep not my commandments, then will I visit their transgression with the rod and, with the, with their, and their iniquity with stripes. Nevertheless, my loving kindness I will not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail." God says, I will, surely, I will sorely chasten my children. But because they have become my children through faith in me, they're in a different plan now. That is their judgment. It's God working in us and chastening us now, uh, bringing us to grief now through chastisements uh, to conform us to the image of Christ. That's actually our judgment going on now for the believers. That, that's all the judgment that we'll see. Now, that, that, that may result as we'll see also in some loss of rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, but, uh, uh, and uh, the apostles uh, preaching in, uh, and speaking of God fulfilling the promises of, uh, 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 of David, that he made to David through Christ and raising them up. God hath, fil God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, Acts 13, 33, in the earth raised up Jesus again, 
as it, all, as it also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I, be, have I begotten thee. And that refers, he's talking about his resurrection there. Uh, and as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. And by the way, that's what Christ passed out to us when you got saved. Uh, you got put in a place where your judgment is now here. God's dealing with you here. And our, and our eternal judgment, what, that was taken by Jesus Christ on the cross. And, uh, and uh, so we'll never see that. And so that's why 1 Corinthians 11 is, is, is a chapter teaching about the Corinthian church being chastened by God for abusing the Lord's Supper. And you remember that chapter? In that chastening, some people got sick and some people died physically. God's chastening can go that far. But in 1 Corinthians 11.31, Paul continued, uh, For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. See, we as believers, we have the privilege to judge ourselves. Oh, man, I've been, I've been, God's convinced me about that sin, and, and I've been putting that off too long. And then we repent, and we get down and we pray, and we get that right. And, you know, we may, see, we may still yet see a little chastening for that, or we may not. But we have the, the opportunity, what, to deal with our own sin as the Holy Spirit convicts, doesn't, don't we? And we can take that to God. We can get forgiven and, and, and go right on. And many times, you know, we, 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 we probably know ourselves. We've, we've sinned something, and we've sensed no chastisement when, when, we, when we confess that thing to God. And we grew from it and learned from it, and just, just the grief of uh, uh, realizing that thing in that case seemed to be enough uh, for God. We probably all experienced that. And there are times when we know that, well, I did this and something happened and the Spirit just said, yeah, that's your chastening uh, for what you went ahead and did, you know, when, when, you know, when you knew you shouldn't have done that. And I've had some of those things in my life. I've shared some of, uh, some of those things with you from the pulpit. Uh, but uh, so uh, if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one, And then 1 Corinthians eleven thirty two says, but when we are judged, here it is, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. That's our judgment. That's our judgment. And uh, by the way, I'm thankful for that. How about you? Amen. Uh, I remember when all I had to look forward to was hell. And, uh, and I was an unbeliever, but I believed I was going there. Okay. I can't explain that to you. I, I just, as a lost person, I had no doubt I was going to hell. Okay. And uh, I was sure about that. And, uh, uh, but I've been, but now I've been delivered. I'm just as sure I'm not going there now. And it's not because of anything that I've done by good works, because who's I, who I, who I've trusted in. And by the way, who bore that penalty for me? Thank God for that. And so, uh, as the believers, the judgments are temporal chastisements on earth that produce grief and sorrows up to and including even physical death. They also can result in, in, in shame and a loss of rewards at the judgment seat of Christ if the believer persists in sin and is not turned to godliness through the chastening. And so that's how we can look at our lives here. Uh, what else comes into play in our judgment? Uh, well, we, we read here uh, uh, in, in the passage here, so speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For ye shall have judgment without mercy, that has showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. And, uh, uh, and so the law of sowing and reaping 
can play into our judgments here. Um, <clears throat> uh, the law, uh, you know, whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. Uh, so God's mercies and temporal chastening can be influenced by the believer's mercies toward others when they sin against him. And uh, that's, a that's a blessing. Uh, I, I remember something that's kind of along those lines. Uh, uh, someone had, years ago, we lived in Florida, and uh, a young lady driving a pampered poodle truck uh, uh, rear-rented me in our, in our 1966 Cadillac. <laughs> it was old, and uh, it was a tank. And uh, all, all she did was, uh, was, was bend the trailer, had a little trailer hitch up on the, had a trailer hitch in the back of it. And, and when she hit me, she hard enough, it stalled the car and pushed me out into the intersection on, on a red yield. And, uh, uh, but I looked, got out and looked at her, at her uh, bumper and it was bent, you know, and she's crying. It was the business, you know, and it was her boss's van. And, and, uh, and, and so, you know, I, I, I gave her a track and I said, you know, I said, you, you've got, and she was crying. I, I, you know, wanted, I said, you know, you've got enough to worry about. I said, don't, don't, don't worry about me. We'll, we'll be, I, I'm okay. You know, you, you got, uh, just bent the, the hitch. We'll, you know, we'll take care of that. So, so, so I left. And, uh, and uh, the Lord just led me to, to, to be merciful there and just try to maybe, you know, be a blessing to that one. It wasn't but a few weeks later, I was in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic, and you know how it lines up, and you're trying to get out around people like this, and it's moving a little bit, you know, and the people way far back have a better view now, and so they're, because you're right, you're right up in it, so they're, the ones that are way back there, they're coming, and so they're, you know, and so you're trying to get out there, and I'm trying to do that, and, stuff, and I had this older person in front of me, uh, and, uh, and I'm doing this, and we're, we're and I, we, I was too close, didn't have the, the, the right, you know, space between the cars, and, and, uh, and so I'm, and I, so I had seen a break, a little break there, the traffic had started moving, thought I had a break to get out, and just then she hit her brakes, and I bumped her car with, uh, with, with that Cadillac, and uh, that, that Cadillac had a chrome trim in the front that came to a point like this, it was chrome, and that chrome bumped her trunk, didn't even bend the tip of the chrome, poked a hole in her trunk. <laughs> and uh, she came out, and she said, Oh, don't worry about it. I'll get it taken care of. Whatsoever a man soweth what? That shall he also reap. See, I wasn't paying attention, and, and I deserved to, you know, uh, uh, to, 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 to ha certainly have more than that. But what did God do? God worked in that law of sowing and reaping there. See? And God can do that in our personal chastisements. Uh, you know, uh, that uh, you know, somebody comes along and, and, uh, 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 and, and, and choose you out, you know, and, uh, uh, and, and you forgive them. Uh, and, and then later on, you, you, you lose your temper. And, uh, and that person, guess what, forgives you. you know, and, and things work out. That can work out many times in, in, in our temporal chastenings. So, uh, so it's good that that old saying, whatsoever you would that men should do unto you, do unto them likewise. That's, that, but that's wisdom, folks. That's grace. Because what God is saying, watch what, the good you do to others can come back around to you when you need it. All in, the, all in this temporal sense can come back around to you, uh, uh, to you when you need it. And, uh, and we're all probably going to be in need of mercy somewhere along the way. Amen. Just plan on it. We might as well bank, store up some of that in the bank. Amen. And uh, show some mercy to others. Uh, because of the new covenant we're under, uh, mercy has the final victory. For the law of spirit of, of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. 
And thank God, thank God for that. Under the old covenant. Hmm. Wonder where I'm at here. Let me go back here and see. Oh, there we go. Under the old covenant, uh, we were guilty and judged. Under the new covenant, we have been graciously justified. That's where we stand today. 1 Corinthians 6, 11, uh, the Bible says, uh, we talked about people that were in all kinds of sins, drunkards and all those things and fornicators. And he says, and such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. You see, you might have been doing those things before, and you may not even have ceased doing them all right now. But when you got saved, you got justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so you are not those things in God's eyes. You're a child of God. And God will work those things out of you and me, won't he? He'll work those things out of us. But the world, that describes them because that's what they are. Uh, we just have some of the, that old flesh left, left clinging all over us, don't we? That, that's our problem as believers. But we're justified in the name. By the way, I didn't get justified because I quit some sins. I got justified the moment I, the moment I realized I couldn't quit any sins by myself. But I, but, but I wanted to be forgiven and I wanted to be changed. And I trust Jesus Christ to be my Savior. That's when I got justified. Quitting a, quitting a single sin uh, doesn't even begin to get you justified, okay? We're justified, what? Freely by His grace through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus, Romans teaches us. Amen. Uh, and so thank God for that. Uh, Hebrews 8.10 uh, tells us up there, for this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. Remember I said it was originally for the house of Israel. Saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. They shall be to me a people. And uh, thank God for that. <clears throat> Secondly, a new covenant. Thirdly, thirdly, uh, the new creature. And we've talked about this much. Uh, James says that we should be kind of first fruits of his creature there in verse 18. You're a new, the new creature because of who's dwelling in you. You are that new creation that never really has existed on the earth before, uh, be, be, before uh, the believers were indwelt, uh, the New Testament believers were indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Galatians 6.15 <coughs> says what? For in, G in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, uh, but a new creature. A new creature. You know what makes all the difference in your life as a believer? You have God's Spirit dwelling in you. You have Jesus Christ dwelling in you. That's what makes all the difference uh, for, for the believer. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Your judgment is new. Your eternal home is new. Uh, your nature is new. You have a new nature in you. You still have the old one, but you, but you have a new one that's more powerful than the old one. And, uh, and, uh, and by the way, the old one, uh, you, you have been made dead indeed unto sin. Amen. The power of sin has been broken. Praise God for that. And... Uh, and we and we he has enabled us in Second Corinthians chapter three and verse six it says it says who also made us able ministers of the New Testament not of the letter 
but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. You know what? See, the Word of God is wonderful. Yes, it is, and it's a living Word. But you know what? But if we don't have the Spirit, you know what this Word is to us? It's death. It's death. Because we don't keep it. And we can't keep it. Even though it's a wonderful, glorious Word, we don't keep it all. But when the Spirit comes in, what happens? We, now we can begin to love God and we can begin to walk in these commandments. It's the Spirit that makes all the difference. The law is wonderful and beautiful, but it did not give life. The new covenant, what God says, I'm going to write my law, what? In their hearts and in their minds. And now when you read it, you have the Spirit of God inside you, teaching you and giving you understanding and sealing those things in your heart. You have the life of God inside you to receive that word and to grow, which you didn't have before you got saved. And what a glorious, what a glorious truth, being the new creature there. Number three, the new creature. Number four, There's the new commandment under this uh, new covenant and this liberty that we have. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, continue it therein. He be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. What is the work we're supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and our neighbor as ourselves. Amen? And part, and part of how we do that is defined right there. We go into all the world to preach the, preach the gospel to every creature. Amen? That's the work. Uh, that's the work that we're doing. That's that new commandment uh, that we are to be, to be showing and uh, following, uh, following the Lord. <clears throat> that new commandment. Uh, Galatians chapter 5 and uh, verse 13 tells us what? For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. There it is. We can now serve by love because... God's Holy Spirit has put that love in our hearts for God and for others. And uh, that's that, that liberty. Uh, Romans 6, 18 says, Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants uh, of righteousness. That's where our heart uh, want, wants to drive us. This, this new commandment, this new calling to go live and, and to love God uh, and, 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 and to love man uh, with what God has put in our hearts. Uh, John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. You also love one another. Uh, we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit, not in oldness of the letter. Boy, what, 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 what uh, a frustrating is for someone to be reading the Bible they're not saved. They're reading a whole lot of things they can't do. <laughs> Now, hopefully they'll read it and, 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 and come across those verses where they need to get saved, amen? And then that book's going to, God's the Holy Spirit's going to open that book up to us. He's going to begin to teach us. He's going to begin to help us to walk in these things. Uh, and uh, Jesus said in John 13, 35, what? By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. And uh, uh, this is the work. It's a work of love that, that we're doing. Uh, Paul called that in, in, in to, when he wrote to, to the church of Thessalonica, their work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in the Lord and all the, the labors that, that, that they were doing in getting the gospel out, uh, the new commandment. And God has, has enabled us for that by putting uh, his spirit in our hearts.
And then as we think about this liberty, number five, finally, uh, the new conflict. Uh, the new conflict. I thought about that, uh, that we need, that we need, uh, we need first of all to, in this, in this new conflict, a few things that we need to do. Uh, uh, we see it there, the, do, doing these, doing these uh, uh, works. Uh, it says, uh, look at verse 15 of, of 1 Peter 2, for so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Remember I said the writings of Peter echoing the, what Paul had just written in, in Galatians, the servants of God. Not, not, using a cloak, not, not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness. Not using your liberty, what? For an occasion to the flesh, Paul wrote. Uh, and, uh, but as the servants of God, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. And, uh, and so we are to, uh, uh, to be serving uh, the Lord, uh, this, this, this new conflict we have. Looking at a few things about it, uh, we must expel uh, legalism. We must expel, uh, expel legalism. Look what James writes in James 1.25. Uh, but whoso look into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be saved. Is that what it says? Nope, doesn't say that. It says, this man shall be blessed. See, because no amount of doing good work saves you. Jesus Christ did that. He saved you to do good works, that's for sure. And God says, you know what? If you'll do good works and you'll follow me, what? I'll bless you. I'll bless you. You'll, we'll know blessings right now uh, of God on our lives if, 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 we'll, if we'll follow him. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Uh, those that, 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 that continue in this perfect law of liberty, that, that is that we, that we serve Christ because we love him. We love him. We serve Christ because he's our king. He's our Lord, as we saw this morning. We've been freed to serve him. Uh, and uh, remember when the, when the Jews uh, kind of resented uh, all these Gentiles getting saved early there in the history of the church and, and what were they trying to do? They were trying to, uh, to teach, to tell the Apostle Paul and some others that, well, if they're going to be saved, then uh, they can believe on Jesus, but they need to be circumcised also and become Jews is what they're really saying. They need to, get, like, they need to be, become part of the Jewish nation and be circumcised and start keeping the law of Moses. And the Apostles got together on, on that and said, what? No way. They said, they said, we couldn't keep the law of Moses. Why are we going to try to make them do that? You read Acts chapter 15. That was their, that was their decision. God didn't say anything like that. And by the way, when Peter saw Cornelius get saved, they got saved the moment they believed the gospel. Peter said God didn't require anything of them. And we'll not have that, is what they said. They made the decision the Holy Spirit had led them to. And we must expel legalism. The people are always trying to add something to some kind of work to make you be saved, whether it's getting baptized, whether it's keeping a certain day of worship, whatever it might be. Well, if you, but you got, but you got to do this. No, there's no good work that you must do to get or maintain your salvation. Okay, it, it, it is a gift, and uh, and we are freed uh, to serve God as our King and Lord, and and as our loving Savior, and we are freed uh, to serve Him uh, in love. So we must, we must, ex, we must expel legalism. We're going to be fighting it all, the, all, all, all around us. And, 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 and we'll see that. The apostles had to, had to deal with that early. And then what else are we going to have to do? 
we are going to have to extinguish licentiousness. <laughs> well, we get saved. Licentiousness is just, is just when people, you know, well, uh, they have this idea. Well, if I'm saved by grace, and I'm always saved, well, then I can just go sin all I want. You know, I, I'm saved forever. By the way, if, if you had that attitude when you got saved, you didn't get saved, okay? When a person gets saved, what happens is, not that they have quit any of their sins yet, but they have turned from their sins in their heart. They realize, my sin is against God, my sin grieves God. For my sin, I deserve to go to hell and will go there. Unless I turn to, from my sin in my heart, being sorry for my sin, and I turn to Jesus Christ in faith and ask Him to forgive me and save me. See, in my heart, even though I haven't quit any of them, I've turned from my sin. I'm saying, Lord Jesus, save me. I'm really saying, Lord Jesus, help me and save me. And the moment that he does that, when we do it, we're saved, just like that. And God begins to change us, and we begin as believers to depart from iniquity. See, uh, we begin to depart from iniquity because we're saved, not to get saved. Uh, and, uh, and so we see that. But the person who hears these truths, we talk about being saved by grace and salvation is a gift. Then the, we got these people that come out and teach, well, just pray this prayer. Jesus, forgive me and save me. And they'll come in, is your life missing something? You know, uh, do, you, uh, do, you, are you not fulfill, fulfilled in your life? Well, just ask Jesus to come into your life and be your Savior. Well, wait a minute. My God, when I read the gospel, it talks about sin. When I read about Jesus talking about saving us, he also talks about what? The hell that we're going to because of our sin. I mean, salvation is, 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 involves repentance, amen? Repentance toward God first, then faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. I've got to realize I've sinned against a holy God, and, I, and His holy wrath is going to fall upon me unless I'm forgiven. That's the first part of salvation, is realizing you ain't, and I ain't saved, okay? The first part is realizing I need to be saved, I'm lost, I'm condemned. That's the first part. And we see people trying to skip that. We got people on TV now just putting a prayer out there. They're not saying anything about hell. They're not saying anything about how God hates sin. But it's just like, well, Jesus would like to come into your life if you'd let him. Would you pray this prayer and ask Jesus to be your Savior? Wait a minute. You did, I, what did you say to that person that would help them repent and realize that they'd sinned against a holy God? Not, not a thing. Listen, we have to have, before you get, can get someone saved, you've got to get them lost. Amen. They got to realize, and I'm not saying that, you know, you know what I'm saying. They're already lost. You got to help them realize that. And uh, one of the things I like to do when I'm trying to lead people to Christ uh, through the Romans road and such in the Bible is when I get, you know, uh, done uh, showing them that the wages of sin is death and death and hell, you know, in Re Revelation says we're cast into the lake of fire. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Wages of sin is death. And the death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. Then I like to ask him, so if that was all the Bible says, where would you be going right now when you die, according to, according to the Bible? And if, if they've understood, they're going to say, well, I'd be going to hell. That's right. Now they've understood. Now it's ready to go on. Okay, that, that, would, be, that, would, that would be the bad news if the Bible stops there. But thank God for the buts in the Bible, amen. But God... <laughs> But God commended His love toward us, what? In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let me tell you the good news now. Uh, someone stepped in for you. And by the way, it's Jesus Christ. 
And he stepped in uh, to, to be your Savior and, to, and, to, and you might be forgiveness. So we need to extinguish this, this licentious idea that sin's okay because we're saved under grace. Uh, no, it is not. Matter of fact, because we're saved under grace, all the more we ought to depart from sin. Amen? And uh, all the more we ought to, ought to depart uh, uh, from sin. By the way, there's no stronger motivation than love. Okay? There is no stronger motivation than love. And, uh, and, and God knew that. God knows. He is love. He knows that. And so that's why he has, he has made it that way. That's why he shows his great love in forgiving us freely. And so that we'll consider that. But we also consider, as we saw this morning, he is our, he, that he is, he is our risen Lord, and he's our Lord and King. And he calls us to draw, to draw closer to him. So we're going to have to uh, expel legalism. We make sure that we always present gospel, the gospel, as salvation, what? As a free gift. It's offered freely uh, through repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. That, that, that's salvation. And then extinguishing the sentences. Uh, what? What then? Uh, uh, shall, sh- what then? Shall we sin that grace may abound? What the, God forbid. No. We don't sin because, well, since I, since I can't lose my salvation, I guess I'll go ahead and sin. What kind of thinking is that? Paul said that the person that kind of thinks that way is actually justly condemned because they're, they're proving in the, by, by their own confession that they weren't earnest in whatever they think they got saved. You know, uh, no, no, we should, uh, we should be walking away from sin. And finally, uh, expelling legalism, extinguishing licentiousness. And then finally, uh, as, we saw, as we saw this morning, we must exalt the Lord. We need to be lifting up Jesus. Because why? Uh, in the Christian life, Christ is all in all. Amen? He's everything. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, and we see that. Uh, James, and we see, we see James, we see that in the passage here. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. First chapter, first verse of the very next chapter. Uh, Brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. See how he's lifting up Jesus? Because he's the one that we're looking to. Hebrews 12, 2, we live our life, what? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's what we live our life, looking unto him, looking unto him. And Jesus said in John 17, 3, and I'm done tonight, this is life eternal. He said that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. And see, we saw this morning, if you don't know Jesus, you don't know God. Because he's the only one that can reveal the Father to, reveal God to people. And by the way, uh, the only one who truly knows Jesus is God. Uh, because uh, God became flesh. And, we, and since we're just human beings and created things, we can't understand it from that side of the issue, okay? One day we're going to have a whole lot more understanding when, we're, when we see Jesus. And we have that new body, that new mind, that new spirit. We're going to know Jesus uh, a, a, lot, a lot more even than we do now. But thank God we can be what? Knowing him now. We know he's the son of God, don't we? We know. We believe that he's what? He's one with God. We believe in the Trinity. We don't understand all that. Uh, we can't ex- always explain that well, but we know. We believe that, don't we? We don't have a problem with falling down and worshiping at Jesus Christ's feet. We don't have a problem with saying the name of Jesus Christ in prayer or praying to the Father. Uh, we don't have a problem uh, calling out uh, in, 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 in multiple names sometimes in, in that way. 
because we know the oneness of God, you see, and, uh, and, uh, and, and we worship uh, the Lord. We worship the Lord. We, give, we worship Jesus, what, with the same honor that we worship God, uh, and, uh, and, and we realize that. And how do we know that? Because that's what the Bible says, uh, and so that's what we do. And uh, sometimes uh, the Bible is very clear on what we need to do, even though our understanding may not yet be yet perfect in that, you know. We're supposed to honor Jesus just like we honor the Father. Okay, uh, then, then let's do that, amen? And, uh, and that's what we're trying to, trying to do here and trying to follow Him and uh, become more like Him. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank You uh, for this church and, and I thank You for Your love to us in Christ. And, and God, I know that it's an amazing thing to read and learn and know the wisdom and power of your word. To know the power of your spirit inside of us. Father, because we're grieved at things that we used to love. And Father, uh, uh, we love things that we used to think nothing about. And God, you have changed and are changing those desires in our hearts. We sin, but we don't enjoy it when we do. And God, when... Sometimes it's hard for us to do the right thing, but when we do, that peace floods our soul, God. And we sense that you are pleased with us by your spirit within us. And God, we learn to call upon you moment by moment as we need the strength to speak that word. Moment by moment as we need the the wisdom and the strength to do that deed. Whatever it might be, God, we learn to call upon you all moments of the day. Uh, Lord, knowing that you're living and dwelling within us. And, and then we experience, Lord, that fellowship with you, that abiding in you, as, 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 as you mentioned, that you and the Father would abide in us, Lord, if we would abide in you. And we experience that fellowship, dear God, with you in prayer and reading your word. And we experience the joy of the fellowship it is, like with this church here and the brethren as we, as we meet together. And God, we praise you for that. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. I thank you for this church. And, and God, I pray you'd help us now as we go out this week. Uh, Lord, that you give us opportunities in some way to, to speak and praise your name, to glorify your name. Uh, when we see the opportunity that you give, give us the boldness and the wisdom to open our mouth or to do that deed that, that, would, that would glorify your name. Uh, Father, to give that track, whatever it might be. Uh, Father, for the glory of your name and that in that way in which with every way we can uh, to point another to Christ, uh, to point another to Christ. And Father, please help us in these things, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.